0: thank you jesus yes lord only you can Mm -hmm. steal my soul soul Test again this morning father thank you for a brand new day thank you for the grace to come into your presence this morning jesus i thank you for this privilege To be able to cry, Abba, Father, Father, thank you for this privilege to worship you as my Lord and my God, to worship you as my God and my King. Father, be glorified forevermore. Be glorified forevermore. You are the one who is sufficient for every situation. The Bible says that you are the hope of the nations. You are the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. You are the one who is faithful. Yes, Lord, you keep your word. Scripture says that, Lord, you watch over your word that you, have, that you might perform them. Scripture says that you have exalted your word even above your name. Father, thank you because we can trust you. We can hold on to your word. And so this morning, we worship you as the one who is faithful. Be glorified, Father, in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you, because this is the day that you have made for us. Lord, it is a day of blessing, of fruitfulness, of increase. Lord, surely it is a day of love and mercy. And we say thank you in the name of Jesus. As we spend this time again here today reading our Bibles, learning in your presence, we ask once again, Lord, speak to us, help us learn in your presence, and cause your name to be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eie We continue reading um, First Timothy. Yes, that's the book we started yesterday. And like I said, in three days, we should be through with this book. So we take chapters three and four today. Okay, so having left Timothy back in, in Ephesus, you know, to pastor and establish this church, uh, Timothy was having a challenging time. First of all, because of his age, Timothy was a young man. Um, considering what they were, where they were coming from, remember that Timothy's father is Greek, uh, his mother is a Jew. In fact, Paul had to circumcise him before they could embark on this journey, just so that there will not be questions, you know, being raised. Okay, so. At this time, I am sure that there are many who see him as, as an half-breed. So, these were some of the challenges, you know, and um, will I say the entrances to Timothy as he seeks to pastor this church. But Paul, okay, helps him, gives him advice uh, on some of the things he could do. Um, in chapter 3, uh, Timothy has to appoint elders, has to appoint leaders, leaders for this church. And so Paul gives him an idea of some of the things he should pay attention to as he appoints appoints leaders leaders for this new church. Remember Timothy is not supposed to stay there permanently. He, he would eventually join Paul on his journey, but he was supposed to stay back and establish this church. And then in chapter four, Paul warns him about false teachers. Okay, so warnings and teachings that will help even help us today even today please get your bibles let's read together um first timothy chapters three and four a big thank you once again to everyone joining me on anchor a daily devotional with murphy on spotify facebook on twitter thank you god bless you continue to read your bible every day continue to grow in your faith and god will bless you in the name of jesus alright chapter 3 says leaders in the church this is a this is a trustworthy saying if someone aspires to be a church leader he desires an honorable position a leader simply is someone who inspires others to achieve a desired goal okay a leader is someone who inspires others and so Paul says that if someone aspires to be a church leader, so aha, he has added something to the leader, a leader in church, simply. Paul says this person desires an honorable position. So a church leader, someone who wants to inspire others, he says must be a man whose life is above reproach. Okay, so by saying man now, he's not saying This does not apply to a woman. Like I said again, um, the Ephesian church was quite unique. Okay, unique in the position it was in. Uh, You just always, if you want to understand how Paul understood doctrines, you always just compare uh, his writing to uh, to to all the churches. And he wrote to several of them: Colossians, Philippians, Ephesians, Galatians, Romans, Corinthians. You know, so compare his writings to them. Whenever something you are reading does not line up, okay, in all its writings, usually it tells you it is addressing something specific to this church. Okay, so man here, yeah, okay, you could say it's mankind. Whether this applies to whether you are appointing a man or you are you are appointing a woman, but yes, there is a peculiar situation in the efficient church here that is um, trying to. Um, Get women, you know, to be more orderly in church, be more submissive in church because of the culture that they were coming through. It says it must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. Yes, he must be faithful to his wife, he must exercise self control. Very important. Must be faithful to his wife, must exercise self-control live wisely and have a good reputation he must enjoy having guests in his home and he must be able to teach okay so paul is not establishing this establishing this as doctrine and this is where a lot of people make mistakes okay before something can be a doctrine in the new testament church usually it would have its origin in the old testament and then uh, Jesus would have fulfilled it in the New Testament. And then we would be the one to then run with it in the New Testament. Very important. It usually must have its origin in the Old Testament. So whenever you cannot find it in the Old Testament, and how Jesus personally fulfilled it in the New Testament, you are you are running with something that might put you in trouble in the future. Okay, so very important. Paul is not saying that this is doctrine, but this is my advice. You want to choose people and uh, let them be above reproach. Okay, um, they must exercise self control, live wisely, and have a good reputation very important you agree with me they must enjoy having guests in their home <laughs> oh i'm not there are some people i know who not like this one having guests in their home no i would rather just be a leader in church why should my home be brought into this one no very important they must enjoy having guests in their home and he must be able to teach he must be he must not be a heavy drinker or be violent he must be gentle not quarrelsome and not love money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. They say that charity begins at home. And of course, the first challenge of leadership for a man is his own family. Okay? So Paul says in verse 5 For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? And so his home is the first test for him. If he passes that test, then you can start looking at the possibility of him leading, leading in church. Paul says, versus a church leader must not be a new believer. Very important. Must not be a new believer. Must should not know, have just recently become become born again. Someone might say, Ah, but what about Paul? No, Paul didn't just jump into the into the fray just like that because he just became born again. It took years, years, after he became born again, before he started, you know, he started preaching, uh, preaching and, and desiring to lead. He says, a church leader must not be a new believer because he might become proud and the devil would cause him to fall. And that's, that makes sense, right? He says, also people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. And this one is, is is seriously dealing with our churches presently today. Okay, You want to pick a church leader, you always have to pay attention with um, how people outside see him, what he has presented himself as to the people outside. If he has presented himself as anything contrary to what a church leader should be, you shouldn't make him a church leader. Very, very important. It says in the same way, deacons must be well respected and have and have integrity. They must not be every drinkers or dishonest with money. They must be committed to the mystery, the mystery of faith, now revealed, and must live with a clear with a clear conscience. We spoke about that yesterday. It says before they are appointed as deacons, they let them be closely examined if they pass the test then let them serve as dickens in other words examine their lives for a while take a look at them in church are they flowing and working with other people okay not just the way they relate with those that you know how do they relate with others that you don't know or are they treated other people and i'm telling you a lot of this advice will help you Especially for singles who are looking to get married, you want to pay attention to some of this advice and look at the life of this person outside the two of you. How have they treated other women? The women in their own lives, uh, his mother, his his sisters, okay, the other ladies around him. How how does he treat them? Okay, if he treats you specially, okay, you are so special, he treats you uniquely and specially, and then. the other ladies in his life treats them as trash you know that that is a red flag yes that is a red flag so very good advice Paul says before they are appointed as dickens let them be closely examined okay if they pass the test then let them serve as dickens so in the same way their wives must be respected and must not slander others they must exercise self-control and be faithful in everything they do okay, so it was not just them. Their wives too should have a good testimony. If not, it would it would be it would be a burden on them later in future. It says a deacon must be faithful to his wife, and he must manage his children and household well. Since those who do well as deacon will be rewarded with respect from others, and will have will have increased increased confidence in their faith in Christ. Paul says, I am writing these things, verse 14, um, I am writing these things to you now, even though I hope to, uh, to be with you soon, so that if I am delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. Now, Paul is going to share with Timothy, okay, some of the truths of our faith. And I'm telling you, you need to pay attention to this. Paul says in verse 16, without question, this is the, ge- the great mystery of our faith. Christ was revealed in a human body. You cannot claim to be a Christian without accepting this that Christ came in the flesh. Now, many people that will, that will say, Yeah, we believe in Jesus. Yes, no, no, no we believe in Jesus. Yes, yeah. is it not Musa? Yes, Musa. Oh, he was a prophet. No, Christ not the prophets, not any man else. No, Christ, the anointed one, was revealed in a human body. Okay? If he was not revealed in a human body, there would be big problems. He would not have qualified to have died for human beings. He had to be revealed in a human body for him to be able to understand what we are going through to be tempted with the same sins that we are tempted with and be able to to break break that hold over us okay so christ not jesus christ not just the human okay no not musa christ was revealed in a human body and vindicated by the spirit very important Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit, and when he's uh, at his anointing, it was his day of Bamisfar. God, God was literally declaring him that this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Not only that, um, when Jesus died, the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans, you know, if the spirit of Him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us, it was the Holy Spirit that raised Him up from the dead. After He went, He went, He went into the grave. It says, and vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. Who announced Him to the nations? The disciples. Yes, they took this message to every nation. And we are hearing it today. After more than 2,000 years, we are still declaring it today. It It was believed in throughout the world and taken to heaven in glory. Hallelujah. I'm telling you that this is a strong measure for anyone who claims to be a child of God. They must believe this first point. That Christ was revealed in the human body. In fact, um, I've seen this work again and again. There is no demon that will agree that Christ came in the flesh. No. Because it does totally negate or accept that what Jesus did on that cross was real. And Satan will never accept that. Hallelujah. All right, let's move on to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Warnings about false teachers. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times some will turn away from, from the true faith, they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Remember that even some of the followers of Paul turned from the from the faith. It says these people are hypocrites and liars, and their conscience are dead. It says they will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain food Uh, but god created this food to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth every food is was created to be eaten with thanks as long as you give thanks for it there is nothing you are free to eat it at least as a christian whatever is placed before you you are free to eat okay you cannot you cannot your food cannot be used to to bind you or to initiate you into anything no every food placed before you paul says if you don't eat it, it is not because it will it will be used to initiate you you don't eat it because of the conscience of the person of the person who is watching you but once you receive it with thanksgiving from the lord that settles it okay but very important Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit wants there are people there are people who will come. They will be hypocrites, liars. Their consciences are dead, you know. And they will be taking teachings teachings that come from demons. He says they will say that it is wrong to be married, and I and I and I know there are teachings like that, and it is wrong to eat certain food. They will tell you, you know, don't get married. Don't. Of course, in Paul's time there was a bit of encouragement not to get married, they were certain Jesus was going to come back again. And so they wanted to redouble their effort to be sure that the gospel reached every nation of the world. But it wasn't as if, you know, they were creating, these guys were literally creating a sect, a sect of, you know, people who don't get married. He says, uh, no, but God created this food, uh, well, this food, those created those food to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. See, since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. Okay? Receive it with thanks, thanksgiving. That settles it. There's nothing to be afraid of. Next, let's look at a good servant of Christ Jesus. He says, if you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, uh, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teachings you have followed. Paul says, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales." <laughs> I love the King James version, old wives' fables. He says instead train yourself to be godly and this part is very important paul tells timothy okay so you've been working with me and i've been training you i've taught you the some of the things that you should do paul tells him now you are practically applying the things i have taught you i need you to train yourself train yes apply the lessons and grow in your faith he says instead train yourself to be godly Yes, there is a training in godliness. There is a, my pastor calls it success habits. Okay, yes, you whatever you do consistently become an becomes an habit, and you know, like you know, with me, you agree with me that habits sometimes are difficult to break, but usually we we tend to focus on negative habits, but you can also train yourself or develop godly positive habits also. Paul says, train yourself. Train yourself to be godly, to be a godly person. Don't just focus on on what is wrong. Train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, very good. Okay, you should exercise. Eh? Someone is listening this morning. You should go out, go for a jog, dance, do a dance. You know, yes, that's exercising also. You could do a dance, you could do a walk. Godly, a, a physical exercise is good. But training for godliness is much better. Promising benefit in this life and in the life to come. Yes, because you train yourself to be mature, to be discerning. Okay, you train yourself to be prayerful. Those are godly training. is says this is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Okay, you want to be sure that pastors are not are not novice they are not young christians okay people will bring challenges to them some of them will be spiritual challenges they must be mature so that they are not they are not deceived by the devil okay that will come through godly training train yourself in godliness since this is why we work hard and continue to struggle for our hope is in the living god who is the savior of all people and particularly all believers, Paul is not saying that they are struggling to achieve this by their own, okay, um, abilities. That's not what he's saying. When he says we work hard and continue to struggle, no, Paul is saying our struggles is, he it says, for our hope is in the living God. Okay, so Paul also tells us, is it in the book of Corinthians? He said that he labored more than every one of them, even though he had the grace. So he was always relying in the grace of God, but he worked hard. And this is where some people miss it. They say, do work without grace or do grace without works. It doesn't, there's no need. Why not do both together? Why I am working, I am relying on the grace of God. That's how it should be. It says, for our hope is in the living God, who is the savior of all people and particularly all believers. It says, teach these things and insist, insist. ...that everyone lend them. Okay? Insist. Even though you are young, insist. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Yes, we've gotten there now. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in, in what you say. In this time we call this being a role model. Be an example to all believers in what you say. In the way you live, in your love, your faith... Your purity, that's what it means to be a role model, to be an example, be an example in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Okay, it should it should be all rounded, okay? Spiritually, you can see that that is total the total man, right? Spiritually, you know, physically, in the words coming out of your mouth, telling us what is inside inside your heart. Okay, very important that you are an example to all believers. Paul says until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to to the church, encourage the believers, uh encouraging the believers and teaching them. So this is why we read our Bible every day. Following the teachings of Paul, encourage people to f- focus on reading the scriptures my pastor says that look, we have come to a time where people don't want to read their Bibles anymore all they want to do is you know just have short 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 and sadly social media makes it like that right just short exact that we that you know just glamorize the message and pumps it up with with graphics and everything and then we are all you know moved and and there's nothing there okay no it's important that you read bob says look focus on reading the scripture to the church read your bible every day that is the secret to growth that is the secret to maturing as a christian Paul says, do not neglect the spiritual gifts you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you i said yesterday that this same thing happened to Paul, when Timothy was, go- I'm sure, was going to undertake this journey with Paul, and then Paul circum- circumcised him. You know, the elders gathered around him and prayed, prophesied over him, and laid hands on him. He says, "Do not neglect the spiritual gifts that those elders, you know, prayed over you." He says, "Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task." Wow, I love that advice. Throw yourself into your task. give complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. For some people, they are the only ones seeing their progress. If you are the only one seeing the progress that you are making, you are not doing well, oh no, you are not throwing yourself into your task. If you throw yourself into your task, you will be you no know, the passion will be evident, everyone will be able to see it. And I'm telling you, when it is time um For people to elect people, or for for people to be rewarded, people will call you. Okay, so throw yourself into your task, whether this is in marriage, in your academics, in education, at work. You know, throw yourself into your task. Be it the one who will go the extra mile. Paul says, keep a close watch on how you live and on on your teachings. Yes, Pastor, listening this morning. Keep a close watch on how you live. Believers listening in this morning, keep a close watch on how you live. Always be examining yourself. Paul says, examine yourself whether you are still in the faith. We must always examine ourselves. Keep a close watch on how you are living and on your teachings. Eh? We know in part, we profess in part, we don't have the full gospel. None of us do. None of us have the full gospel. There are many things that I i thought I understood, and as I grew in my faith, I I changed them. I am I have the right to change my mind, right? The only person that does not change his mind is God. Yes, because he is all knowing, he's omniscient, he is all knowing. Okay, so he is not going to come to a point of enlightenment. I will come, you will come to a point of enlightenment. The minute we learn differently we understand that we should do differently okay we see in the scripture oh that we have been making a the mistake there are many people you know they've been running with the lie they've been running with the wrong for this many years and then they are ashamed now to change my god what pride you are not god paul says look <laughs> pay attention to your teaching watch always check whether they line up with the scriptures it says stay, stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. What an advice. Wow. Stay, stay true to what is right. For your own salvation. Eh? You think that we are saved and forever saved. Hi, yeah, yeah. The devil will throw you into a pit. If you think that the devil, I'm telling you, will find a way to throw you into a pit and um, this is a walk of faith what is faith faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not sin so faith eh we don't know tomorrow the, we serve the god that knows tomorrow but we don't know tomorrow but because we serve the god that knows tomorrow we know that tomorrow will be okay why because we know that all things work together for the good of those who love god who are called according to his purpose So we walk in step with our God, with our Father. We walk in step with Him every day. We are always examining ourselves. We are always checking our trust and our hope and our confidence. It's not in our own strength. It is in the God that we serve. That is true Christianity. And there is nothing wrong with that. But to feel that you are almighty and that you are all-knowing and that nothing can happen to you. Oh my God, the devil will find a way. I pray that you will not fall in the mighty name of Jesus. So we've learned quite a lot today. Paul has shared with us, you know, uh, how to select elders in the church. And I'm sure many of us will need to select leaders, leaders in church. Um, You want to select somebody at work, you know, a new employee at work. You want to pay attention to some of these things. I'm telling you, it will help you. Uh, select people who who you can you can you can rely on who are competent. Paul talks about being an example of the believer. Yes, people who you can say are role models. But beyond but beyond that, I see a lot of this advice as being said to Timothy himself. And and the final ones are very important. Paul says, "Stay true to what is right for yourself, for the, your own sake. First, for yourself." And of course, as a pastor, people are watching you. Be very careful. Remember this morning that people are watching you. Starting from your home, your husband is watching you, your wife is watching you, your children are watching you to stay true to what is right. Paul says, Keep a close watch on how you live. And I pray this morning that the Lord will help each one of us, you know, live rightly in the name of Jesus. Each one of us will have a solid testimony in the name of Jesus. You will not miss your way. You will succeed in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Alright, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.